1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Beal over Alvarado. Tough bucket. Count it. Yeah, and if you Bradley Beal, you just got to stay with it. Chris Paul down the lane. The two-point game. Paul working on the rookie Daniel. Paul with a mid-range pull-up. Got it. Ties it in 117 with 2.8 remaining. A couple fractions of a second to see the ball a little better. Welcome back, Alec Thomas. Fly ball to right field, and there it goes. Alec Thomas, one swing back from AAA, and it's 6-0 Diamondbacks against Corbin Burns in the first. 2-2. Two and two. Little blue pit into center. Line to third, and there's Rivera. And Merrill Kelly, seven innings of one-run, three-hit ball against a first-place Brewers club. He has been outstanding tonight. He's had some solid defense behind him. It's 8-1 to Diamondbacks. Two to shoot. Got to go. Thompson. Draymond Green puts it up. Into the shot clock. Draymond Green sticks the mid-range jumper. Home with the 1-0 pitch. Swinging a ground ball to short. Up with it, De La Cruz. The play to first, and that's it. Reds win it 5-4, make it nine straight for the Red Legs. The Reds do it again. They come from behind and win another one. Fans on their feet, hoping for the ultimate Father's Day treat for a Red Sox fan, a sweep of the Yankees in a doubleheader and a three-game series. He struck him out with another high, hard one. Volpe goes down swinging. The Red Sox win. Sweep the series, and they're 5-1 and one against the Yankees this season. In series on back-to-back weekends. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, June 20th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Suns, should they be favored to at least win the Western Conference in 2024? Chris Paul, which LA team would be a better fit? The Diamondbacks, do you approve of the demotion? Oh, excuse me, the promotion, start with the promotion, of Alec Thomas and the demotion of Josh Rojas. The Warriors, should they bring back Draymond Green? The Reds, would you bet on them to win the NL Central? Red Sox versus Yankees, have you lost interest? And what caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, we'll have a Milwaukee Brewers update. Tony Rosiak will join us from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. 
9.30, interactive action at 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup. That will include some Diamondbacks and Brewers Monday night analysis. And then the final segment, it'll be the national roundup. Topped by the MLB scoreboard from Monday. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, should the Suns, after the addition of Bradley Beal, be favored to win the Western Conference in 2024? And Corey's here and has the early returns. Currently split right down the middle, 50-50 for yes and no on KDUS1060.com. On ESPN on Monday, and I didn't watch it all. I didn't watch. I don't watch the clowns in the morning. But I did see Michael Wilbon and Kendrick Perkins during uh, Kendrick Perkins plural during the day. They said as much about they should be favored. Just this is just one week after the world, myself included, declared and wondered at least if the Nuggets had started a dynasty. So things change quickly. FanDuel has only the Nuggets plus 460 favored to win in the West ahead of the Suns, who after the Bradley Beal addition, the Suns went from 16 to 1 to plus 650 to win the NBA championship. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, which LA team would be the better fit for Chris Paul, the Clippers or the Lakers? And once again, Corey has early returns. Leading right now, we have the Clippers at 77.8% of the vote. Lakers at 22.2% on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. Many of the NBA media experts don't believe that Paul will ever play a game for the Wizards. Who would likely buy him out? Meanwhile, on the local front, also on the local front, continuing on the local front, the Diamondbacks' unusual seven-game road trip began in style last night. Arizona scored six runs in the first inning off Milwaukee ace Corbin Burns and Merrill Kelly uh, cruised. And also Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas back from AAA homered in the eventual 9-1 victory. Are you okay with the Diamondbacks recalling Alec Thomas from AAA and sending Valley product Josh Rojas back to AAA Reno? Meanwhile, spanning the globe. Draymond Green expects to get paid. He opted out of his $28 million option to remain with the Warriors. So he's not remaining with the Warriors, at least for now. He's officially a free agent. He may sign with the Warriors again, but I'm guessing he thinks he's going to get more than $28 million or he wouldn't have opted out. Meanwhile, should the Warriors bring back Draymond Green uh, for uh, presumably more than the $28 million that he turned down to actually stay? Meanwhile, the Reds are in first place. Joey Votto homered in his first game this season off the disabled list, injured list, I guess we're supposed to say these days, in the uh, 5-4 victory over the Rockies. Would you bet on the Reds to win the mediocre, at best to this point, NL Central? Meanwhile, the Red Sox and Yankees have played the last two weekends. Red Sox manager Alex Cora is not pleased with the schedule that didn't include the Yankees and the Red Sox until the last two weekends. And the Red Sox have even yet to play a series in Toronto this year. Should ESPN quit scheduling Red Sox-Yankees on Sunday night baseball? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since the last show? 
Uh, that's the pipeline for the day. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by a Brewers update. Todd Rosiak will join us from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The Brewers were in first place until last night when the Reds won that game and the uh, Diamondbacks defeated the Brewers. Uh, but uh, it is the NL Central, so lots of questions about the NL Central, lots of questions about the Brewers. Brewers also have several local ties in their team. We'll cover Craig Council. Pat Murphy, you know, uh, Wade Miley, among others, in the next segment. So stay tuned for all that and more Brewers talk. Uh, also, once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. And also a little more Diamondbacks and Brewers from last night at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Brewers' longtime home field dominance of the Diamondbacks ended at least one night last night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports room by Todd Rosiak of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Todd, good to have you show on the show again. It's been a while. My bad on that. Uh, the Brewers, uh, 37 and 35, now second in the NL Central after they were passed by the Red Hot Reds last night. Todd, how would you uh, describe the Brewers' season to date? Very up and down, uh, injury plagued, uh, a lot of inconsistency on the offensive side. Uh, you know, they're not getting the pitching that they expected, certainly coming into the season. But uh, working in their favor is the fact that they are in a really bad division. <laughs> and uh, I would I would expect, uh, you know, as long as they're able to kind of tread water, stay toward the top of the division, you know, second, even third place, I would say you're, you're going to be well within striking distance of the leader. And uh, once they start getting some of these injured guys back, um, you know, get to the trade deadline, I would figure that the Brewers will make some moves to uh, fortify the offense. And uh, it's anybody's guess. But uh, certainly I would say not uh, not what was expected coming out of spring training for this team. Yeah, we'll get uh, into some of those topics in a little more depth in a couple of minutes here. But first, before we get into that, Craig Council, of course, uh, former Diamondbacks, World Series champion. I guess you're not a former Diamondback. You're a World Series champion with the Diamondbacks. Anyway, um, yeah, I've heard some speculation that he might be moving on after this season. Is that accurate? Uh, it, I, I, he is what you would call a lame duck manager right now. He does not have a contract uh, uh, after this year. Uh, that is totally by his uh, 
it's totally his decision. Uh, the Brewers have expressed many times their uh, their desire to have him back, and, and why not? He's certainly developed a, a reputation as one of the best managers, not only in the National League, but in all of baseball. Uh, yeah. The sticking point right now appears to be uh, the, the family situation. He's got uh, one son, son already playing uh, baseball in the Big Ten. He's got another one heading to the Big Ten this next year. And uh, he's got two daughters now in high school uh, who are both athletes as well. And as we all know, uh, you know, baseball is a, is a job that keeps you away from your family for long stretches. And Craig, very much being a family man, uh, you know, misses a lot of stuff with his kids. And um, I, that's going to be, I think, a really heavy determining factor in, uh, as to whether or not he decides to come back next season. Um, it's something that he addressed right at the outset of spring training, um, basically has not talked about it since, does not want to talk about it, does not want it to be a distraction. So one way or the other, I wouldn't expect any kind of um, news or any uh, you know updates on that situation until right toward the end of the season, if not after the season. Also, former ASU head coach Pat Murphy, is, uh, who was Council's college coach at Notre Dame, Murphy's the Brewers bench coach. What, what has Murphy added to the coaching staff these last few years? Um, he, he's uh, kind of the, the veteran voice of reason, I guess you you might want to say. Um, you know, Craig Council is not uh, hot-headed by any means, overly emotional. Uh, but but Pat Murphy's a guy who, who Craig can bounce a lot of strategic stuff off of. Um, Pat's good with the guys in the clubhouse. Uh Almost kind of a, a jokester, a little bit, if you will. Um, just, a, just a very different tact, I guess, from from the way Council manages. And of course, he, he does have a wealth of experience, baseball-wise, not only um, you know in the in the collegiate ranks, but you know he's been around the, the pro game now for a while. Got a little bit of managerial experience with the Padres years ago. Uh, so you know, very trusted confidant of Craig Council, if not one of probably the most trusted confidant of Craig Council uh, since he's been manager of the Brewers. Todd Rosiak of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, currently in the sports zone. Okay, on to the pitching staff. Let's start with Corbin Burns. Uh, he of the spring training contract stuff. Uh, not pitching near his Cy Young level of 2021. That might have been hard to do no matter what, but how would you evaluate his 2023? Obviously, not a good start last night. Yeah, very inconsistent. Um, he, in, in my uh, opinion, and, and granted, I'm certainly no pitching coach or anything like that, but uh, I think we're seeing some trends uh, that began in 2019 when he really bottomed out as a pitcher, uh, meaning he's been uh, very stubborn throwing one particular pitch. Back then, it was a four-team fastball. Uh, that he did not adjust with and paid the price accordingly. And, and this year it's been his best pitch for him, unfortunately, is cutter. Um, he's just not getting the movement uh, that, that he had been in the past, not as been, not been as consistent with it. And uh, it, it seems as though the, the rest of the league is caught up with it. So, you know, a guy who's as cerebral and as talented as, as Corbin Burns is, I would expect, um, you know, I would have expected by now maybe a bigger adjustment, but certainly – you know, those things are ongoing over the course of the season. Uh, you know, last night's game was, was really uh, kind of crazy to watch. You know, the, the Diamondbacks jumped them first two pitches, base hits, 
uh, then yeah. a walk, and then the route was on. Six runs in the first inning, and the game was essentially over at that point. You certainly don't expect to see that out of a guy like Corbin Burns, but um, he has had some good starts mixed in there as well. The start he had against the Diamondbacks early in the season in April uh, was one of his best, and um, of course, the, you know, for the Brewers to get to where they want to go, they need uh, that Corbin Burns much more consistently uh, than the one that showed up last night. Brandon Woodruff hasn't started since April the 7th. He's on the 60-day injured list with a shoulder issue, he tried to say. What's his status moving forward? He, We're looking right now at probably the all-star break as uh, a cutoff point as far as when uh, he may be welcomed back into the rotation. He's got a very uh, devilish kind of injury. It's a subscapular strain, so it's, it's an issue where they just completely shut the pitcher down for a long period of time. You have to let that area completely heal, and then you've got to build up from ground zero again. So all that work that you know the pitchers do in spring training, building, building their arm up and getting their pitch count up, you know, that all went out the window once he got hurt, and he, he is just now um, looking at getting back onto a mound and throwing uh, from a mound. So it'll be a slow ramp up. They'll, they'll take it, obviously, very cautiously because he is, uh, you know, if Corbin Burns is their, is their number one pitcher, he's 1A. He's really darn good as well, and they don't want any setbacks uh, from him moving forward. So... Uh, looks like the all-star break is going to be the, you know, the, the, the time where, um, you know, he should be ramping back up and, and, and the Brewers looking to uh, get him back into the rotation. Freddie Peralta, a 432 earned run average, a 132 whip, not close, obviously, to the 2021 season. He did miss some time because of injury last season, so I'm kind of compelled, at least in my brain, to ask, is he okay physically in 2023? Yeah, he's, he's healthy, and that's the biggest thing with him is they just have had a hard time over the course of his career keeping him healthy. So if you take any positives away from what he's done so far this year, it's that he has been healthy and been available. Um, the results have been rather inconsistent. Uh, more than anything, he's been a victim of the home run ball, uh, giving up way too many of those, and he's had a tendency of, uh, you know, kind of one blow-up inning per outing. And sometimes he's able to get away uh, with those, and other times not so much. Uh, but still a very young guy, very talented guy, and a guy that the Brewers have locked up long-term, uh, you know, a guy that they've kind of uh, acknowledged as being a foundation piece moving forward. So he's a, he's a good kid. He's a hard worker. And uh, I, I would expect by the end of the season his numbers will look more like uh, the Brewers and Brewers fans would have expected coming into the season. Former Diamondback Wade Miley, uh, he returned from the injured list. He had five shutout innings over the weekend against the Pirates. What's his long-term future in Milwaukee? Uh, or maybe even sh- maybe even short-term for that matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say at his age right now, it's probably year by year really with him. And, uh, you know, he, he missed some time. Uh, recently, ju- just now, uh, come back from a, from a last strain. Uh, and, and when you get up into the mid 30s, as you know, uh, you know, the, the injury issues and the availability start to uh, start to creep up more consistently. Uh, but when he's been on the mound and he's been healthy, he's been very effective. It's been a he's been a really good addition for the Brewers, who of course kind of 
brought him back from the scrap heap in 2018 res- helped resurrect his career and he, he went on to pitch pretty well since then so um, not only from a from a physical standpoint but also in the clubhouse he's, just, he's been a very valuable addition uh, Brandon Woodruff calls him the old mule you know he's, he's uh, <laughs> got a great sense of humor he's got a great veteran outlook on things and uh, he really you know in, in his first year back, Kind of, kind of running that clubhouse again, which is, is a nod and a testament to um, just how respected he is. So, really, um, you know, aside from the, the little bit of time he's missed so far with the injury, he's been a tremendous addition for the Brewers. Talking with Todd Rosiak of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Okay, the offense, twenty-sixth in run score, especially bad against left-handed starting pitchers so far. Why has the offense struggled this much? Is there hope for a turnaround? Uh, I, that's a very good question. I, I would say the first month of the season was very promising. Uh, the Brewers got back to what they have not been for a long time, which was a team that was able to manufacture runs, lay down the occasional bunt, hit behind runners, move guys up, those sort of productive things that don't necessarily always show up in the box score, but help score runs. Uh, they've since, because of injuries and some inconsistency from some guys, have morphed back into what Brewers fans have seen for the last four years, which is really an offense that's home run or bust. They don't hit homers. They don't tend to win games. And uh, it's a very frustrating style of baseball to watch unfold. Um, You know, they've got guys who they really expected big years out of, like Willie Adamas and Jesse Winker hitting under 200. You know, both of those guys have had injury issues as well. Um, you know, really, I would say the only bright spot at this point has been uh, kind of the resurgence of Christian Yelich after several years of not getting close to his, uh, you know, MVP caliber play from 2018 and 19. He's been really good, really consistent. He's had a great month of June so far. Um, his batting average is getting it's in the 270s. I mean, we could see it here near 280 pretty soon. Hitting the ball hard consistently, and he's also playing really good defense. So. I would call him a, a low-key dark horse candidate to a return of the All-Star game this year, depending on who all goes in the uh, in the NL and the in the outfield. But um, you know, if you if you want to take away one bright spot from the offense so far this season, it's, it's definitely been Christian Yelich. Also, you know, the Brewers and Council like to run, and the new rules have helped Yelich. He's got 16 stolen bases. Um, yeah, how much has his game changed because of he has had a power decline? He had the back issues, you know, the G juice ball from say twenty nineteen, but how's that changed this game overall? All of that. Yeah, uh, you know, when he came to the Brewers in two thousand eighteen, the knock on him was he was a primarily ground ball hitting guy. <laughs> and for the first half of two thousand eighteen, he did make the all star game that first year with the Brewers, but he was living up to that billing. And then all of a sudden in the second half of 2018, he got into this crazy run of launch angle and was just hitting almost everything in the air. And that continued throughout 2019 when he finished runner-up to Cody Bellinger for MVP. Um, Then, of course, at the end of that year, hit the ball off his knee, broke his kneecap, and he really has not been the same since. But he's really kind of gone back to that, that career norm that he'd shown in Miami, which is, uh, you know, primarily a ground ball guy, but he is hitting the ball hard. And the good signs are now that he is driving the ball to the gaps a little bit more consistency. 
Uh, he's got nine home runs right now, so he's trending, you know, obviously toward double digits. But if he can get up toward that 20 mark by the end of the season, um, you know, I, with the improved defense as well, the base running, I, I would say it's, you know, not been a complete resurgence, but it will have been a very successful year and something that the Brewers no doubt wanted to see because they've got, you know, quite a few more years and a lot more money uh, invested in him uh, with that contract extension that he signed um, just prior to the pandemic. Basically untradeable, even if they wanted to trade him. Um, With the the mediocre at best NL Central, any idea what direction the Brewers might go in the trade market over the next month? Uh, I I was assuming that they are able to tread water, like I said before, and stay – you know, right in the mix toward the top of the standing. Um, I, I would certainly expect them to be aggressive in, in adding. And, and to me, the two areas that, that they would look to add, number one would be offense and number two would be bullpen. Any any contending team is always looking to improve the bullpen. Um, you know, they've got, they've got a pretty well-regarded farm system, so they have pieces that they can move if need be. Um, but I would certainly expect this year – will not turn out like last year where they traded Josh Hader uh, rather unexpectedly and really kind of tanked their playoff hopes. I think they kind of learned their lesson. Uh, They they sent the the clubhouse into a little bit of a tailspin, and they really never recovered from that and finished uh, just shy of uh, getting back into the playoffs. So uh, I I would expect them to hold on to their three pending. um, They've guys, uh, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Willie Adamas, they all have one more year to go before they hit free agency. Brewers likely will not be able to afford to keep any of them. So I would think that any trading of those guys would probably wait until the off season and um, you know just try to fill a couple holes where they can by adding and um, see what that does for them because they really truly believe in that old adage: just get in, just get into the playoffs. Be it uh, winning the division, wild card, and then uh, you never know what's going to happen from there. Yeah, in fact, uh, you mentioned uh, the hater trade. I, I was on the air when that you know, the news broke, and I almost fell out of my chair here. <laughs> so that was yeah. yeah hopefully, hopefully not another fall out of my chair moment or close to it. <laughs> um, last up, uh, I don't know if this is even a fair question. We've had three different leaders in this division in like the last week. So who wins the NL Central? I guess the Cardinals don't. I don't think I've said that for many years. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good question. I actually uh, tried asking Corbin Burns that after the game last night. Not so much who's going to win, but you know, have you been keeping an eye on what's been going on in the, in, the, in the standings? And you know, his answer I think is what almost every player to a man would say is that it's just it's way too early to worry about that right now. And I get that, but um, you know, it, it, it looks like uh, <clears throat> the Reds have suddenly gone from a team that. Everybody expected to finish in last place to potentially being buyers, which is a crazy storyline in and of itself. Um, The Pirates have been surprisingly competitive. And, um, you know, the Cubs have enough talent to where they could certainly run off some wins and and be aggressive at the trade deadline as well. And I say this only half-jokingly, but I fully expect the Cardinals to win about 15 games in a row in August, like they seem to do every year. And, uh, you know, it might not get them back into the lead, but I think they'll figure out a way to make themselves relevant again in the division because what they've done to this point, certainly from their standpoint, is not uh, not acceptable. 
and maybe they maybe they go the route of firing their manager. I, I would expect anything would be on the table there because uh, you know that they've certainly had a disappointing year. But I, I, overall, I just think it's going to be really fun and really interesting to watch how this plays out because everybody's going to be in it here. Everybody is in it, and I think everybody will continue to be in it for a while. And um, you know, to see some of these teams like the Reds, who nobody really expected anything out of the Pirates. To, uh, to be in the mix, it, it just makes it more fun overall for everybody. Todd, always good talking to you. I appreciate it. Thanks. You got it, Bob. Good talking to you. All right. Todd Rosiak of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Excellent stuff, as always, from Todd. And uh, I'm guessing back. It's, uh, I'm guessing at some point this season we'll check back with Todd unless they – well, if they actually, like, sell at the trade deadline, that might be a story in itself. So we'll see how that goes. There's that Corbin Burns rumor out there you hear once in a while. Rumors, plural, the Dodgers seem to be most mentioned with him, but I think that's mainly from the L.I. side of things. All right, next segment, phone call time if you want to get in. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, uh, today's local roundup, more on the uh, Diamondbacks' uh, easy victory, as it turned out, after that six-run first inning last night. More on the Diamondbacks' win over the Brewers in a place where they haven't won much, and that's being uh, kind. Haven't won much in recent years, uh, so uh, but they certainly dominated last night, the first of the three-game series against Milwaukee. All right, 602-260-1060, general discussion. we got time and room for you in the next segment. This is the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and uh, KSLX HG2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Once again, thanks to Todd Rosiak of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Excellent stuff from Todd. And uh, to the local roundup we go. It's also phone call time, and we got plenty of time and room if you want to jump aboard. 602 260 1060. On to the local roundup we go. Feel free to interrupt at any point if I didn't mention that before. The Diamondbacks had lost, this is past tense, had lost 13 of their last 15 games at Milwaukee before last night. The offensive exploded for six runs in the first inning off Brewers ace Corbin Burns, who has previously dominated the Diamondbacks. Also, Merrill Kelly remained unbeaten on the road this season. The Diamondbacks win 9-1 last night at Milwaukee. Burns was 4-0 and in career starts against the Diamondbacks. He allowed only three total runs in those four starts. That included a dominant shutout eight-inning performance against the Diamondbacks in Arizona earlier this season. When uh, Monday night, though, it was totally different. The first five Diamondbacks reached base. Uh, the Diamondbacks uh, scored six runs in that first inning. That was capped off by an Alec Thomas two-run homer in his first at-bat since returning from AAA Reno. Bur- Burns actually threw 30 pitches in that first inning. Kelly's now 6-0 and zero on the road. He pitched seven innings, allowed one run on three hits, one walk, struck out seven. Milwaukee's three hits in the game tied uh, its fewest in a game this season. Burns ended up allowing seven runs on eight hits and three walks and just two strikeouts in five innings. 
In addition to Thomas's home run, Corbin Carroll added his 16th home run of the season. Yet another opposite field shot. In addition, Christian Walker continued his great start to the month of June. Uh, June. He had his eighth multi-hit game this month. And uh, it was certainly an excellent start to the Diamondbacks' odd week-long road trip. They got three games in Milwaukee. They have the Thursday makeup game at Washington, and then they play three games Friday through Sunday at the Red Hot and now second-place San Francisco Giants, who won again last night. Uh, one final note for Monday night, Miguel Castro, who you remember, I assume, uh, they, he allowed multiple home runs in high-leverage situations earlier this month. He pitched last night. But he pitched in the eighth inning when the Diamondbacks led 8-1, to pitched a scoreless eighth. Personnel moves, I mentioned Alec Thomas, recalled from Reno. Uh, in the corresponding move, Josh Rojas, who has not been good at the plate, uh, was moved back to AAA, sent back to AAA. So we'll see if he can kind of find his offense again there. Uh, tonight, the Diamondbacks scheduled to send the struggling Ryan Nelson, 3-4, and four, the 450-year run average to the mound. Nelson was not guaranteed to remain in the rotation after his last poor start, which was last week against the Phillies. He gave up five runs and four innings in that start. Torrey Lavello at least seemed to hint at that time that uh, Nelson might not make his next start, but at last report he's scheduled to make the start tonight. He's never faced, he being Nelson, the Brewers, uh, but uh, he's been much better on the road, at least in his last three road starts. One and zero with a 0.53 earned run average. One earned run in 17 innings in his last you know, three road starts. All right, on to the phone lines. I'm sorry, Corey, where am I going here? Monroe and Glendale. What's going on? You know, Bob, I, um, I would love to see Chris Paul with the Clippers. That's a team yep. without a head. That's a team without a head. Uh, I believe that the biggest challenge they have is not the lack of talent, but a lack of leadership on the court. Uh, and this idea of, you know, the stars, or maybe the 1.5 stars taking turns <laughs> leading the team. Yeah, I plus just, they're always, just, but unfortunately they're always hurt. <laughs> they are, yeah, they always hurt. Um, I have this notion that Zubac would would benefit tremendously from Chris Paul. A- absolutely, yeah. I think that's I think that's a really good point. I mean, that would seem to be a pretty easy two man game screen roll type of thing. And uh, yeah, Zubac I think is a really underrated player. I, I like him, but uh, yeah, I think that you're right. Let me give you the other side of this, though. You know, the, the, if people miss the pipeline, it's speculated that Paul's not going to play any games for the Wizards. He's going to be bought out of his contract. And uh, speculation that uh, the L.A. teams, uh, Clippers and Lakers, would certainly near be near, if not at the top of the list, of where he might end up as a free agent. Let me give you the Lakers side here, though. I actually think he would be great for them. Um yeah, he and Anthony Anthony Davis, you can see that screen and roll situation. Remember, you know, Davis, when they won a championship, you know, he had, they had Rajon Rondo actually as their point guard on that team. And, you know, while Paul certainly does not provide Rondo's defense at this stage of Paul's career, I could certainly see him running an offense. He could play like 25 minutes a game. Wouldn't have to be ball dominant because LeBron takes care of that. You know, whenever needed, 
I actually, I think the Lakers would be a good, show, a good, a good match also. Yeah, I, I, I only hesitate on the Lakers because uh, I don't know who else they'd have to score, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer that the stars going to get there. Just the supporting cast guys that you have to shut down, and and I think that's an easier task. Uh, whereas with the Clippers. The supporting cast guys are much more, in my view, offensively talented than what the Lakers have. We don't exactly know who the Lakers are going to have next year, though, um, you know, yeah, because they brought yeah. in some guys. There's a couple of those guys are free agents, so we'll see. My problem with the Clippers side of this is, you know, can you ever count on at this stage of their careers Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being healthy in the playoffs? Yeah, no, no doubt about that. We we talked about that before. Wherever he lands, he will be an asset, no doubt. Uh, uh, I, I guess I may have heard it in the update, but, and, you know, I guess he didn't even know he was being traded. Uh, he found out in the plane, and it appears that the Suns did not inform him of the trade. Yeah, Maybe they tried. Right. Yeah, hopefully they did. Yeah, we're not, uh, you know, I'm not too privy with how the Suns are being run these days, needless to say. Uh, as we've talked about yesterday and before yesterday. But if you have a player like Paul who, you know, you damn near won a championship this first year here, and that had a lot to do with him, uh, it seems like he would be, you know, hopefully they made this call, but if not, it would be, I don't know, it would just seems to be wrong if you didn't give him the courtesy to call him that he's going to be involved in a trade. Yeah. One last idea about the Clippers. Um, do you think that with him, they, well, you know, of course we have to say, assuming that those other two guys are healthy, they could compose, they could oppose, they could present a threat to the Nuggets? Yes, I do. In fact, you know, before we saw the Nuggets, you know, come together like they did, Remember, the Nuggets had a losing record on the road during the regular season, which I think a lot of people forget because they won like what they lose when they won like five of their you know, five in a row or six in a row on the road to end the playoffs. But they were not a good road team during the regular season. I remember saying on this show uh, before, you know, you know, George went down again and before obviously Leonard was hurt against the Suns in the playoffs, but. I thought that the Lake, the uh, excuse me, the Clippers would be the most difficult matchup for the Suns in the postseason, and I actually thought they, I know I probably said in some shape or form that I thought the Clippers, when healthy and if healthy, were the best team in the West. Yeah, you did say that. I, I recall that. I kind of recalled it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, I, I don't take back on that. I mean, I, I got the injury excuses. You know, I, and I'm pretty sure. That you know, I did the little addendum there. That you know, if you know George and Leonard are healthy, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that they, that'd be the team that you don't want to play. But unfortunately, the you know George was injured with what a month ago in the regular season. A month ago in the regular season, didn't play at all in the playoffs, as it turns out. And then Leonard went down in Game Two against the. Well, he's injured in Game Two, and then didn't play after that the rest of the series against the Suns. Yeah, we talked a lot about. Who's the most trustworthy? And it just kind of yeah, yeah. All right, Bob. Well, well, hopefully it'll work out for him. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. 
he deserves uh, an opportunity here to win a championship again. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bob. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Real quick, the Suns coaching staff has added a familiar face to uh, statewide basketball fans, Miles Simon. Of course, he was the Final Four most outstanding player when the U of A won its lone national championship in 1997. He's now reunited with Frank Vogel. He'll be an, he'll be an assistant for the Suns. He actually worked with Vogel as an assistant with the Lakers. Uh, he was actually an assistant with the Lakers in 2017 and then served uh, as the as a, you know, assistant for Vogel when uh, Vogel was on the staff in Los Angeles. Uh, he was the head coach in the Los Angeles. He, uh, Simon was on the staff. And also this last two years, Simon was the head coach of the Lakers G League South Bay Lakers. So Miles Simon on the Suns coaching staff. All right, coming up next, we have a news update with Corey. That will be followed by the conclusion of today's Sports Zone with the National Roundup. We'll get to uh, some uh, baseball items from yesterday and uh, maybe a little latest line for today. Maybe not because I kind of you know, went a little longer than I did originally planned in this segment. That's my bad. Uh, always good talking to Monroe, however, so no problem there. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. real fast here to end the show today it is thank you time thank you for listening special thanks to the callers emailers tweeters texters whomever and whatever else to the cracks also our guest today todd rosiak of the milwaukee journal sentinel the latest on the brewers and looking ahead to uh, what they might be doing at the trade deadline plenty of craig council and pat murphy and wade miley lots of uh, arizona connections there obviously also, sound of the day, courtesy of Bally Sports New Orleans, Bally Sports Arizona, TNT, Bally Sports Ohio, uh, WLW in Cincinnati, and also WEEI, the uh, Red Sox flagship station in Boston. As always, thank uh, thanks to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. And uh, from the uh, MLB scoreboard from last night, the Giants walked off the Padres, Mike Yastrzemski, Belted the three-round homer in the McCovey Cove. And the second-place Giants uh, rolled, actually rallied to beat the Padres 7-4 to last night. We will have more on the Giants uh, as they host the Diamondbacks this weekend. We'll have a Giants update in the 9-15 segment of the Friday Sports Zone. Uh, by the way, today uh, they play against Seth Lugo and Anthony Disclafani is the pitching matchup. The, Red, the Reds actually lead the NL Central. Joey Votto homered in his return. Uh, he also had a two-run single to give the Reds the lead in that game. He was out for 10 months uh, following multiple surgery issues, uh, and he was uh, spectacular in his first start. The Reds take over the NL Central lead for the first time since early April. They moved a half game ahead of the Brewers after the Brewers lost last night to the Diamondbacks. The Reds' winning streak now, which is eight, nine games, one of those two. My bad. Um, and do, 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 I don't have that written down here. Why is that? That's because I'm, I, I screwed up. Uh, it's eight, like eight, nine, ten games. It's their longest winning streak uh, since uh, 2012. Uh, meanwhile, also last night, I thought I was done with the hitting 400 discussion for this season, but Luis Arias 
five for five again last night. He's now hitting 400 again. Uh, the Marlins defeated the Blue Jays 11-0 last night. It's the second time in the last three games that Urias is 5-for-5, five five, went 5-for-5, five five, and he, he was 0-for-15 before that, and his average dropped to 278, uh, 378, excuse me. And at that point, I thought, okay, we can end this. You know, he's going to hit 300 nonsense. I don't think he's going to hit 300. I don't think anybody's going to hit 300 in my lifetime, however long that might be. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, he's been amazing. Also, the Marlins have now won five consecutive games. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they are uh, they had 19 hits last night. That's the most since they had 21 on June 1st of last year. The Marlins are a season best, 11 games over 500 at 42 and 31. Meanwhile, the Pirates uh, made a, a, a significant roster addition yesterday. Henry Davis, who was the first overall pick of the 2021 draft, he doubled and walked in his major league debut. They uh, played the Cubs yesterday. They lost that game. But you know, Davis, listed as a catcher, played right field in his major league debut. He's been playing some uh, catcher and minor leagues uh, in the right field, excuse me, in the minor leagues. All right, stay tuned. It'll be a, you know, syndicated programming coming up next, so stay tuned for that. We'll be back with the Sports Zone tomorrow and this hour, and then the Kayla, the Kayla hosted Extra Point returns from 10 to noon tomorrow. Once again, this has been the Sports Zone for today. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of the day, everybody.